listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. We are back. I shouldn't say we. Should should say you guys are back from OR, yeah. from Outdoor Retailer. Yeah. Um, kind of. A little bit. It's it's fun to see the new stuff, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. I had I, the, it was more work than I thought it was going to be. I had the choice. Um, Mark, the yeah. one of the main owners of Gear 30, asked me if I wanted to go, and I opted out. And while you guys were there, I was kind of thinking, you know, I wonder what they're looking at right now. Like, I, I kind of missed it, but not probably enough to actually make the, <laughs> make the drive or the flight over there. It um, was. But, it, but yeah, I, I always enjoyed my time at Outdoor Retailer. So. Yeah, it was, it was a very good show this year. Um, Better than past I, years, you'd say? I, I think so. Yeah, I think I got more out of the show, met. I mean, from a business standpoint, it was probably the most successful year that I've ever gone. We got a lot done. We met with some awesome vendors. There's some good product coming out. Um, it was just, it was we great. We were focused. We were. We yeah. went down for two days, um, and we basically had like a 30-minute break on Thursday. And then Friday, we had no break. Yeah. And we were we were literally looking at Smart Wool as they were tearing down the booth and <laughs> the rest of the show the whole show was tearing down and they were showing us socks because yep. we were trying to get through our meeting so, yeah. so it was it was a very very busy um, show but saw lots of great stuff and we'll go into a little bit more detail into some of the things that we saw but um, atmosphere is great it was just a, it was a good show. Um, I didn't feel like it was as over the top as it is sometimes, which I am a fan of. Uh, Maybe it's because winter, it's a little slower. Mm-hmm. Loves me people. But uh, one thing I noticed, so I haven't been for two years since they left since they Salt left Lake. Utah. Mm-hmm. So I missed three or four or five shows. I don't know how many. Uh, the It's, um, you know, the push towards sustainability, which was happening when their show was still in Salt Lake, but it's really, you know, it's every brand story now is mentioned sustainability uh which is good which is great uh it's um it's a funny it's a funny thing though in the outdoor industry because pure sustainability means like buy a quality product and don't buy a lot of it but everybody there is trying to sell you a lot of product right (laughs) yeah so and it's not all quality product a lot of it is not a lot of it's crap but a lot of it is well a lot they do have a lot of crap there but they also have a lot of um, stuff that's kind of trendy or not meant to necessarily not built to not not not, not meant but the word I should have used built to last more than three or four years right um, there's some solid brands and those are the brands that we try to bring into our shop gear 30 we that are designed if you treat them right they'll last for 10 years or more yeah. um, like darn tough and, and Hilleberg we didn't even meet with any so some of these that are summer brands Western 
Um, but even some of the apparel lines that are meant to last for a long time. But the sustainability uh, message w was big. And I learned something. I didn't know this. That you have to ensure that if, if a product says that they use like recycled plastics, it has to be post-consumer. Otherwise, there's companies out there that basically make plastic that you can then then make into your clothing line and oh, say gee. that you use recycled like, recycled recycled plastic but it was never anything before <laughs> so it's got to be post consumer recycled plastics in your, and there's companies like that which is really cool it shows how it goes from like a plastic to like a bead to a thread to a garment right. i'm like well that's awesome but i had no just because it's recycled plastic doesn't mean it's post-consumer plastic. So keep keep your eye out on that, which that was something I learned. Interesting. This time it was pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, the recycling thing is, um, it's huge right now, and a lot of people are buying items that are only recycled or, or are sustainable. But some people are taking advantage of that marketing side of it, and they're definitely being, I'd say, on on the side of unethical with how they're using it. Um, yeah, it's, it might be, for lack of better words, recycled, but not really. <laughs> we found one brand, and I posed the question to the – I don't think she was a rep. I think she was, like, one of the people for who, the brand. who makes it. But I think she started it, yeah, helped start it. One of the owners. I don't remember what the name of that brand was. Nomadics Towels. Oh, nope, but that was a good one, too. I forgot about Nomadics Towels. No, the, the tube. Function? Function with pH. Yeah. Function yeah. with the pH. Function. And order. I said something like – Okay, so the, everything they, they make is out of recycled plastic or water bottles. And I'm like, well, not that I see this happening, but if we solve that problem, if we can figure out how to not use, you know, the, the, the plastic, do you guys go out of business? Like, how do, like, what happens? And her answer was like, oh, there's so much crap out there that that is not, a, not an issue. We could, re we could re recycle plastic bottles for years, apparently. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is good to see that there's more companies out there putting our trash into a garment that we can use mm -hmm. which is cool yeah so function if you're not familiar it's like a uh what what's the brand we carry in the store buff buff it's just a tube that um they have they have awesome prints on them and mm -hmm. fun stuff and it's yeah. a cool company so yeah the towel company what was the name of the towel nomadics nomadics Towels. yeah took greg this was a good uh, that was a good one i forgot about nomadics so they're they're like a microfiber type towel um but they're all like beach size or they're like big towels. They're uh -huh. not they're not like the little small ones. Right. Um, they're all made out of recycled post consumer recycled water bottles. Um, she was the one that brought up the post consumer mm. part. So they're all post consumer. Um, and they're just really cool cool prints, um, really good price point. They pack light. Um, there's a lot of cool selling features and i'm trying to remember <laughs> yeah. them so yeah it's kind of like the the one blankets we had where the one side down um you can you can put down and it won't like waterproof like, on one side yeah, water proof, resistant yeah it's like a yoga mat down okay. or yoga, but it doesn't feel like that it's just how the material is oh it's also they're not dyed there's no dye used in the process it's all sublimation oh um so their water that they use to make them can be drink like uses drinking water after. And that's it's something not. that the outdoor industry is trying to lead. I don't, I wish they could. 
maybe they will affect the fashion industry or something but like the dyes and you know the recycle like if that if big brands like nike and things like they start doing and i don't know like big fashion brands i, I say nike yeah. but that's a sports brand but fashion brands start using some of I mean, that's where most of the waste goes it's not in the outdoor industry as much but they're trying to lead and maybe push buyers into thinking like that because um and we've talked about this on previous shows where well if you can get a cheaper garment then who cares well we care the planet cares like right. spend a little bit do a little bit of research and buy some of these things that are so the most important thing about that uh towel company however though was that they made a changing poncho <laughs> and you just throw the poncho over you and we joke that you because you can put whatever picture on it you want i'm gonna <laughs> just put my face on it <laughs> We're going to walk then, into Brennan's office. Yeah. He's just going to be chilling Just wear the poncho because it's naked. made to wear like at the beach where you'd like change your, take your pants off, put your swim trunks on, you know, right. like because it's, it's just a towel uh, fabric that they have. These, they just made a fun poncho with it. <laughs> you, you, you'll be able to find me this summer, windsurfer beach and just a poncho. <laughs> nice. Just a poncho. I think I'll stay home that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, It'll have my picture on it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll get one. You know, when they would talk about sustainability, for a long time, I would roll my eyes. Not because I thought sustainability is a bad idea or that taking care of the planet's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea, and I always have. But there's so much hypocrisy in uh, various industries, including the outdoor industry, around, um, you know, taking care of the planet, saying that, we should all take care of the planet while some of those companies wouldn't necessarily be taking care of the planet. They're doing what's best for their pocketbook. Well, it, it feels like now that it's such a movement that if they don't, then it's the hypocrisy is more evident right. and glaring and they'll lose money right. and mm -hmm. market share. And, mm -hmm. and so I've kind of had a change of heart or not necessarily a change of heart, but I've changed my tune around that part that aspect of it because and i think i've mentioned this before i was watching a documentary on disney uh disney plus with my kids uh about these islands way out in the middle of the ocean that nobody lives there takes a couple days to get there and it's just like as pristine as can be and they they're they jump into the water they're swimming around these coral reefs and they're just beautiful and there's fish all over sharks all over it's really cool and they get on the island and they're kind of walking around the island and on one side of the island it just looks pristine and beautiful and they walk to the other side of the island and it's completely covered in trash from just trash yeah. washing up onto the shore and i could not believe it it wasn't from people littering it was from all the trash no, in the ocean and the hard part for us here in the united states is we have a lot of rules we have a lot of most of that is not from the United States. It's from Asia and these, and these poor communities where they literally dump everything into, um, the waterways, sure. their trash, their, um, that one, that documentary with, uh, Bill Gates, who he's trying to get clean water to different places because they dump their water's not clean because they dump everything in it, yeah. like everything in it. And then it ends up in the ocean. And so, and it's terrible where, at least in the United States, we're not like the the main culprits. Uh, trust me, I've seen our trails. We're not 
angels either we're, we're right. slobs as well but right. but it's not the, the majority of what's going out there so if we can lead that in any way sure whether that's through our or the capitalistic approach of just saying hey this stuff is recycled we're trying to we're trying our the best we can yeah, it might help worldwide right I hope. yeah yeah and i and and so i've kind of changed my tune in that i want to cheer on people who are doing doing that who are taking some steps even if they're small steps toward um taking care of making things cleaner especially also as i've started designing products and uh, outdoor products and working with factories and stuff i've always cared like what companies are touting as as sustainability and environmental responsibility and all that stuff i just in my mind it's just like well that's just common sense you you don't be a an idiot you like you do stuff that's that's right and in my mind that's just what you do that um and so as i work with factories and and i find out that all these factories use um systems that are harmful to the environment it's like well heck no i don't want to make my products in that way but i think a lot of companies out there just make the products and don't even think about it it never crosses their mind because it's not like they're trying to be harmful no, to the environment. Money. Yeah, they're just I'm it's just like, money. oh, this factory is going to make my product and they don't even know what's happening at the factory or they don't know that the dyes that are making their helping make their product are also poisoning people and fish and all this other stuff and So that's the big push in the outdoor so industry. It's cool. yeah, yeah, it's huge. The other thing that I I haven't missed just still a thing which I first discovered in Salt Lake is every brand has a story. <laughs> <laughs> and every rep has to use the word story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the story of this shirt is the girl, the lady that does this after apres ski or whatever. You're like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a shirt, yeah. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> along the line, they all got the memo that if you tell the story and use the word story as for your galoshes, they will sell no matter what because there's a good, good story. story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on news, like breaking news, some things that won the uh, uh, show show event stuff. Uh, Osprey's new airbag. Yep, they yeah. were a showstopper. Do you know the brand that the uh, airbag they're using in their pack? Alpride. 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 Mm-hmm. So first year, second year. First year first of an year. airbag for yeah. Osprey. Mm-hmm. And that'll be out in the fall, winter of the 2020. So. Uh, I think it's, we'll bring one into the shop. It's a pretty impressive pack. The one thing that's nice is it is a jet-driven or a fan-driven pack, I should say, but it's pretty minimalistic. The cavity that holds the fan and the battery pack and all that is pretty small. Um, so some of the other fan-driven packs out there, um, when you get a 30-liter pack, you really don't have 30 liters of capacity in there mm-hmm. because a lot of it's taken up. Or some of the canister-driven ones. The canister, you have to take in consideration there's a canister in there um the, the all the other mechanisms to make the airbag go but this one the alpride's been able to design is pretty sleek pretty slim um doesn't take up a ton of room and the pack is it looks like it carries nice i do have a bum shoulder so i didn't even put it on <laughs> but it looks like it's built pretty well um and osprey knows how to make a pretty decent pack so i think it's going to be a good option for sure um price points right there competitive with all of their fan driven packs they're not cheap um, but eight hundred, twelve hundred, cheap, uh-huh. cheaper than a funeral, twelve hundred, cheaper than a funeral, cheaper than a casket. Yep, 
So they're definitely, um, it's a, I think it's a good, good pack for sure. Um, that does bring up the, you asked us, Brandon, in the, in the preview, what about the almighty guarantee? Like, where's that at with this type of product? And it doesn't, uh, she said it was like a seven year. Is that what it was? Six or seven year, um, warranty on that pack. It just gets a little bit more complex when you're putting a, a fan and other mechanisms inside that pack to actually so, yeah. so is it the fan in the bag that's covered for seven years and then the pack is a uh, lifetime i think i think it's still there same that the pack is going to be a lifetime but the fan all that stuff um is only i i don't quote me on that but i just so you are aware if you're going to go buy that pack don't expect to get their almighty guarantee anything happens anything you know like it is it's a different type of me- mechanism. It's a different. It's a whole different type of pack. So you can't just expect it to. You can't throw that in a blender and turn it in like you can some of the other packs. You know, it's. Well, you can do that. <laughs> you can destroy their packs pretty, yeah. pretty well, yeah. and they'll they'll replace them. They. But you shouldn't, because they're nice packs. Their Urban line is expanded yeah. and looks very nice, mm-hmm. clean. It does from Osprey again. Yep. Yeah, uh, which is nice. What else won award? Do you remember the stuff that won awards? Oh, I know. Should have brought the daily. Yeah. Tried to keep that all digital. Um, I know, like a lot of the companies that got like the showstoppers and stuff. Um, I mean, Icelandic got a showstopper on their new pro collab ski that they released. Um, I think it's probably the coolest shape that Icelandic has put out in years. Um, it's it varies pretty far from their other shapes of their skis that they've had. Um, in the lineup right now. So what coolest they, shape and least interesting top sheet. Yeah, that they have in the line. I'm not super stoked. I wish <laughs> I could say and and sorry if anyone from Icelandic is listening to this. <laughs> it's it's a cool top sheet, but it's definitely my least favorite top sheet I've seen put out in a while. And the the I guess some of the reason why is they're using seven different. I think it's seven different pros that helped design it. Mm. Seven different opinions on what they wanted, and everyone had an input on and, the ski. You try and please everyone. Mm-hmm. Please no one. So this athlete wanted this, and this one wanted yeah. this, and I think I think Par did a good job at designing something. But the women's is a lot better. I think it looks stellar. The men's, I'm like, ah, not just my die. favorite, just but die. I'm yeah. excited to. I hear the ski skis incredibly well. It should be a fun ski to ski on. Um, so that one, the Saba and the the Nia, I think is what they're called. Um, so should be should be a cool ski. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get on that one and try it out. Interesting thing from we went and looked at Jones snowboards, who are backing away from using carbon in their high end boards. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it just for the price they had too many. That it was it's not a strong enough compound for how they were using it and so they had too many uh, broken boards essentially so they've switched it up but their lineup is awesome and they're even offering uh kids was it kids split yep kids splitty and some kids all mountain boards which is very cool from jones yeah Mm -hmm. uh swung by just walked by uh and grabbed a pamphlet from spark r&d so i have a lot of input on that bloodstone boots which pretty much you seen one pair you've seen them all they look very <laughs> they're all about the same they look very similar uh they do have a lace-up version they have women's versions uh they have a couple different styles main styles but for the most part they uh, are very similar so mm-hmm. they're uh, so they're from australia yep tasmania right? tasmania mm-hmm. and um so chase is wearing a pair they look like the ones that you're wearing anyway are like a full leather slip-on boot that yep. have a 
pretty substantial sole on them. Yeah. Um, but they look fashionable. They look like a, a good, almost It's a, like the hipsters <laughs> Doc Martens. Yeah, kind of <laughs> is. They were, it, it really fits you, Chase. Thank you. I it's appreciate the right size that. Boot. Yeah, it a, fits well. Uh, yeah. It fits yeah. well, but also, you know. They're, they're all over that show. Uh, it's probably the number one as far as like people wearing it i saw more of that one than which is anything cracks else. me up because yeah, they're closer crazy. to a cowboy boot or something than <laughs> yeah like a, almost a riding boot not a cowboy boot but like you know the riding boots from yeah like a justin riding boot or something mm-hmm. versus um any hiker or yeah, something you it's know? definitely not it's definitely a lifestyle outdoor industry it's and not i, an I think boot. in i think in tasmania like australia they are i don't know but i don't think they're really uh killing it in the outdoor industry I'm looking at their website. I think like they have some Western wear as well. Maybe they are. I don't know. But in the in the states, I mean, they have that outdoor industry market totally targeted. And yeah. we, we were getting on the plane coming back from Denver, yeah, there was like and three I counted or four people. I counted seven, seven, seven Blundstones on that plane. Oh and I would, I, I didn't gosh. see everyone's feet. So yeah. they're definitely a popular boot. You've if you're listening to this podcast, you very well may have heard of them. Um, I am. Th- like three weeks in on this pair and i've worn them let's see 20 how many seven times three i've probably worn them like at least 18 days of of those 21 21 days um they're just really comfortable my dad bought himself a pair last week because he really liked them they're just really comfortable um so yeah that was another brand that we met with blundstone also big sky mountain big sky mountain products have you heard of their skins no, Brandon was telling me a little about it. Though. Yeah, so they're out of Bozeman. Um, they're all in nylon skins. S- their price points are all under $150 um, for a full. I mean, it's it's nylon, so they're not the best glide, but they have an incredible grip. And they, they've angled their um, nylon, um, f- the plush, in a way that it glides better than like a um the g3 or just a regular nylon it doesn't glide better than a mohair it still is it still is a nylon skin um but it grips better than a mohair and it's almost as as gliding glidable as a mohair but i just i hear great reviews on how like indestructible indestructible they are they've got cool colors um these two guys that are running the business are just very core backcountry skiers um I'm excited to work with them. I think they're going to be a cool company. It'll be a good way to bring in a an affordable skin for um, those who are trying to get into it. You can also buy just a skin if you like your own hardware that you like to use, and you kind of have your own rig set up. You can buy just a bare skin. You can buy it with hardware. Um, I think they call them naked skins. Naked skins. Yeah. Okay. You can I'm buy just kidding. <laughs> I'm just. Um, so there's like lots of customizability there. And like I said, good price point and they're great. Like spring, I hear they, they just totally excel in the spring. That nylon skin just doesn't soak up water. They have their own glue compound that they, people kind of swear by. Um, just really good glue compound that lasts a long time. It's a regenerative glue, I think they called it. So the glue is actually, it's two layers of glue. Um, one layer that's on the skin and then the second layer that's on top of that. So their glue, the glue that you fill is actually not stuck to the skin. It's its own glue. And so every time you stick the glue to glue and you pull it off, you're getting a new layer of glue. 
um, if that makes any sense. It's it like sticks together it's, as you put them together. It's kind of revitalizing the glue. Um, so they say like you don't have oh, to you I don't see. have to store it any special way. Just throw it. I mean, throw it in your room when you're done using it. Like there's just no you can skin it. You can store it glue on glue. Um, the way they explained it is just that it, it kind of revitalizes every time it touches. Um, they touch against each other, and it seems to last a long time. So cool company just uh i mean really small definitely not the skin company you think of when you think of skins you probably think of g3 bd or bot or pomoka you know yeah. kind of the i'd put them probably the big three um but yeah i'm excited to try them out they gave me a pair of skins and when i get this right wing of mine fairly movable i think i'll go try and do some some skinning on them and see what i think about them cool so, keep keep your eyes peeled for some big sky mountain products hitting gear 30 um next year uh, or if you want to go try them now go get yourself a pair and let us know what you think about them yeah awesome um we swung by well or outdoor research had a fantastic offering uh their lineup this next year is killer smart wools looking really good went to sorel if you if you want like all the choices in the world for your <laughs> insulated boots boot, Sorel has one million choices. Of oh my god! Like there's a traditional winter boot that you have in your mind when you hear the word Sorel, and then they've got—I swear—they've got like a swimsuit line coming out or something. <laughs> they have so many products. Yeah, a ton of pro, and it's fine. I mean, we—you could bring in five, ten boots easy, men and women, but we'll probably just bring the one, one, main. one or two in from them. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be a pretty tight assortment from sorel they have so many products to choose from it's kind of overwhelming you walk into their booth and it's like 360 degrees like walls are just covered in boots and you're like uh as a buyer you look at it, you're like can we just leave now <laughs> i don't want to make these decisions and it sucks because it's like oh that's a that's a good looking boot oh, that's a good looking boot that's a good looking boot. <laughs> exactly that's, you just keep going down the line and they're all slightly different one's a mid one's a tall one's has a little fur around the top one doesn't one does like okay there's too many now yeah so the choice is they're all great boots if you're looking for a winter boots or else has a boatload of them although they don't have those blue ones anymore that were awesome yeah. Do you remember those yeah. yeah 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 the one that todd yeah loves to yeah. snowshoe in. yeah those are fantastic they don't have the they do have a lot of stylish boots but not not that one. Not and they've got ones. kids versions of basically everything as well um oh anywhere else we stopped um by? oh yeah we, i mean we stopped by we had an appointment with Tentree. Yep. their line is getting a lot bigger it just continues to expand um that's one company that's very sustainable um and like i said they plant 10 trees for every product purchase i did i've always wondered how do they track that and and for a consumer it's when we purchase the product from Tentree, they plant 10 trees so it's on a wholesale level. So as a, a distributor, when we go and buy them, they, they plant the trees of the shirts that we buy. And, so And that, yeah. And so like if we spend uh, $5,000 on product, that money, a percentage of that money goes to plant. Well, it's just, it's it's per, sh- item, per item. item. So oh, 10 trees is planted for was, every okay. item purchased. So for every item purchased. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they, and they are very, very, um, they track it very well. He sat down with us and he's like, this is how many trees you guys have planted at Gear 30. Yeah. You which know, is pretty cool. It's yeah, at first glance like, oh, it's a marketing ploy. But behind the scenes, you're right. They track it. They It's very serious for mm-hmm. them. Like they, not only that, but they're all over the world. They they look at the forests that need to be managed, especially in 
South, South America, America and then now in Africa and some other places that like, okay, where, where, where does the world need trees? Mm -hmm. And that's where they put them. And they said they're, they're in talks. I don't, this is an official 10 tree um, information, but they're, they're upset that they're talking with um, people in Australia. As you know, the, the big bushfires down there, they're, I th it sounds like they're probably going to start putting, focusing some efforts down there to help them re rebuild that area. And so, trees, I have, I have read, would be the number one anecdote. Is that right? Antidote, antic, anecdote, antidote, antidote, antidote. Yeah. To carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Plant mm -hmm. more trees, and over time they'll do a better job than than any anything else. Right. Yeah. There's an interesting. <clears throat> An interesting TED talk. This is getting a little bit off track, but there's an interesting <laughs> TED talk. Shocker! Wait a minute, we're <laughs> off track on this podcast. <laughs> From OR to a TED talk. Yeah. So there's a guy who, um, one of the world leaders as far as like um, carbon emissions and other things, and <clears throat> the the belief used to be that overgrazing caused desertification, which means causes the earth to turn into deserts. And they, <clears throat> this guy thought that was the case, and he'd done a bunch of studying, and that was the assumption anyway. And um, and so in Africa, in a certain area in Africa, uh, you guys will just have to look it up. I'll, I'll be really quick about this, but at a certain area in Africa, there's they were having problems with areas turning in just really arid, and so they brought this guy in who's supposed to be one of the world experts on this, and he and they said how do we fix this he says well this is being caused by overgrazing they said okay but how do we fix it and he they did a bunch of studies and stuff and the conclusion they came to is you need to kill a whole bunch of elephants and a whole bunch of animals and just <clears throat> just decrease the animal population by a certain percentage and he was heartbroken because he didn't want to want to do that. But he's just like, this is the only way that we can think to fix this. So they did. They went in and killed like 1,500 elephants. a terrible story. <clears throat> yeah. So they went in and killed, in, killed like 1,500 elephants and all these other animals. And guess what? It made the deserts worse. It, it, it sped up the process. And he could not figure out why. And so they spent a bunch of time and a bunch of money, money studying it. And they found out that it, the opposite was actually true. That animals that move in herds through eating eating the grasses and the other things, then pooping the seeds out and stuff, the poop acts as fertilizer, the seeds get planted and stuff. And as these herd animals move through, it actually helps to revitalize the areas. And so they brought in big herds of animals and the areas where these big herds of animals were they weren't it wasn't overgrazing that was causing desertification it was undergrazing that when they brought these big herds through it revitalized these areas i try to <coughs> overgraze as much as right. possible i do yeah, too yeah <laughs> gotta make sure ogden stays green yeah. yeah so so the but the point that he was making is it's you know it's not what we think um but he at the end of his TED talk or near the end of his TED talk, he threw out some numbers on carbon emissions and all these problems and how quickly that could be solved through um, better practices to to uh, revitalize these deserts and other areas, planting trees and, and grasses and all that stuff, how quickly it could solve the carbon emission problem. 
um, by just cleaning up the air that way versus trying to and rather than get rid of all of you the having to go out and, and plant trees, stuff. ten tree would yeah. does that for you. Buy, it's a, buy a ten tree shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But their line was good looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they do some cool stuff. Totally. Anybody else? I mean, um, the, that's an entire convention center which by the way the convention center is like the biggest thing i've ever seen <laughs> in yeah, my life it's huge Pretty and big. it is completely full of all the outdoor vendors oh the other theme this year which has nothing to do with the gear necessarily but if you were a brand and you didn't have like your branded jeep <laughs> parked out front who are you anyway <laughs> exactly like, there must have been five or six branded jeeps with they had the hard top they're the truck versions, mm-hmm. like the Jeep trucks, but within like the hard top back, specifically made to fit the Jeep bed of the truck. Like a shell. Like a shell, yeah. And there's some pretty they were, sweet rigs. They were sick, dude. Oh my gosh, they were so cool. cool they were stuff. awesome, but I don't know. That seemed to be everybody must have got a deal with Jeep or something. <laughs> yeah. Where Jeep reaches out to those. I don't know, but that was the thing. Yep, yeah, it was indeed. Sweet. Well, um, any other big things to talk about? I think on future on some of our future episodes, we're going to dive into more detail on a few of the we key can. brands. But yeah. uh, they still serve a lot of beer around four o'clock. Um, oh, interestingly enough, though the 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 uh, adult beverage companies, beers and whiskeys and stuff, had booths. Yeah, that was interesting. Fat, Fat Tire had a booth. Yeah, I'm like, wait, well, wait. Wait, that's a booth. Like, I can just go there? Yeah. Uh, Sierra Nevada had a booth. Like, so you could just, rather than wait till four, I guess, you could just go, <laughs> go grab a drink. Well, when you're in Colorado instead of Utah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Every hour is happy hour, right? Yeah. Well, I, I should, should some, hope so. something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was cool. It was, but they blended in. Like, you didn't, you'd walk right by it because it looks like an outdoor booth. Right. It doesn't, they're pretty good at branding their stuff, but um, lots of. Lots of stuff all over the place. There's skis and snowboards and all kinds of. We didn't do the demo thing, but otherwise, it's it's a the outdoor industry is doing all right. They are indeed. Cool. All yeah. right. Well, we'll wrap uh, we'll wrap this episode up here. Um, thanks for joining us today for this podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe and also tell your friends, please. Um, you can leave us a friendly review if you'd like. That helps other people uh, find our our podcast and we do appreciate it um also you can follow us on instagram at gear underscore three zero like us on facebook and check out our website gear30.com that's spelled out g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y.com you can check out our deals of the week our winter clearance and all the other great stuff we have on there so thanks for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode see you out there